Good morning, church. Super Bowl Sunday. Go Jaguars. <laughs> Calling it for next year. Calling it for next year. You heard it here first. Um, you know, Chris shared uh, a couple weeks ago, Chris got a little bit in the same spot that I got in. The, the, the joy and privilege to be for you today on very short, short notice. And, and I think Chris shared with you that we get together and we talk and figure out who's more long, and that's how we... We, we figure out who's going to preach in, that morning. And i got to confess to you, on behalf of Chris, that's not really the truth. Uh, it's uh, rock, paper, scissors, best two out of three. <laughs> and just a side note, uh, don't do paper two times in a row. It'll get you every time. Uh, therefore, sorry to burst your bubbles, guys. It's not Chris here. It's me. Uh, I'll try to do better next time we, we, we have that round. I know Pastor Chris, uh, Pastor Chris, Pastor Mike is, is sick about being sick and not being here with you today. Just keep him in your prayers. I know if he, if, if he could be here, he would be. I'm going to ask you, uh, would you extend grace to me today? Yes? I'm going to ask you. I know Chris got, got word 11 o'clock at night, things didn't look good. At 5 a.m., he got the word, you're on and he brought the word and did a fantastic job a couple of weeks back. I had a little bit more time. Uh, he, I, I got the word around 5 o'clock yesterday uh, uh, that I was going to be up here. So I had a little bit more time to prepare than, than he did. But it, to put that in context of how this works, most of the time, whenever Mike has asked me to preach, most of the time I have about three and a half weeks. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not quite as long. Amen. All right. Y'all think you sound like you're in a good mood today. Okay, good. Because you're going to need to be. You're going to need to be. Um, I've got a story to start things out, and it's a a story about my dad. And if you've heard me preach before, uh, uh, I I usually have stories that that have to do with my dad. And I I just need to to preface it by saying um, I I understand my dad's... uh, I just want you to, I'm trying to figure out how to word this right. My dad is a God-fearing, very good, very good man. Uh, I would not call him a great man of faith. We've talked about faith in, in Christ, and, and he, he might have that relationship with Christ. I, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still not, not for sure. But he's a great God-fearing man, and his life has shown attributes that reflect a, a Christ-like life. And so usually when I tell the stories, those are what sort of tend to come up. Um, This is one story. A few years ago, my dad uh, went to get coffee at the gate gas station, pulled up in his truck, had the dog in the front seat, sort of type of guy, the mood, sort of who my dad is, hunting guy, bird dogs, all that type of stuff. He goes, he's going to just get some, some some coffee. He's about 72 years of age, not a young man now. It's starting to, starting to age a bit, starting to slow down. Gets out of the truck, begins to go toward, toward the door, and he said this big fella comes out of the, the door of the gate gas station and walked up to him like my dad had run into his truck or something, sort of walked up to him real, real, real stern. And he said he stood in front of my dad. Dad said it was like a shadow enveloped him when this guy stood over him. And the guy looked down at my dad and said, you scared of me? <laughs> and my dad, I, I love his wit and the quickness, though I don't know how it's not gotten him killed many times. Um, <laughs> my dad responds back, do you bleed? The guy looks and goes, what? 
which was a normal response, threw him off his game a little bit. And so my dad said, I'm not saying you should do this. Okay, let me throw some sound. If I pull out my pistol and shoot you two times in the gut, are you going to bleed? And it really threw the guy off his game. And the guy goes, uh, yeah. So my dad looked at him and said, well, then, no, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> and he walked around the man and went on into the gate gas station. Now, I'd heard that story quite a few times in the past, but he told it to me again not too long ago. And he said that he was getting his coffee and his hand was shaking like this. <laughs> he was trying to hold his hand still. And he's peeking out the door. See if the guy was still out there. The guy had left. He'd thrown the guy off his game, and so he, he, uh, he made it out the truck all right and, 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 and survived. I don't suggest you use that same tactic. I don't want anybody getting shot or hurt. Uh, here's a, a picture of my dad. I had some, 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 some youth. Uh, I'm sorry he's holding a gun there if you're offended. Sorry, that's just my dad. Uh, some, about four, four days ago, this is like from four days ago, some youth went to my mom and dad's house. They're having to move out of the house, had some flood, flooding from storm a, f- a few months back, and they came to help move some stuff, and so we got a shot. This is a shot. I'm from the ground, ground level. They're on the, a, a deck, and you can't tell in this, but my dad's all but about five foot nine. Uh, but can I tell you, my dad's a giant of a man. He is, he's lived and in, 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 in stood up for things he believed in 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 giant ways, and and today, as we look into the text, we're going to be um, we're going to look at uh, such a giant in the faith named jo- Joshua. And uh, so, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to to as 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 we we jump in this text, uh, understand sort of this man we're about to talk talk about is is a giant in the faith, and just because he is this this great man of God. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, God can't call you, man or woman, in the same way to do unbelievable great things for him. That's my, my, my whole point to the message today. Now, over the years, I've been asked more times than I care to admit. Uh, so, like, what's your real job? You know, uh, these are people in the church, you know, that I've worked for and served and everything, and I doesn't hurt my feelings now, you know, and so, uh, and so I've, 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 for 24 years almost now, I've uh, worked with youth and administration and been an associate pastor within the church, and I, I really love to work alongside staff and make staff better, and you quit sort of, that's the way that I tick. Um, so I'm a, I'm a, a student pa- 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 pastor, some would say, but can I t- tell you what my real job really is? My, this is a, a, a secret. It is taking young people and teaching, ena- enabling, and equipping them to become giants in the faith. There is no greater thing that I can think I can give my life to or that I have done within my life but to take young people. I don't want to come and have your youth come into my youth, youth group and leave, man, that's just, that's a good kid right there. Man, that's a good kid. That, that's a waste of my time and a waste of their life. I want them to come in my, in, in my youth group, and if they don't know God, I want them to know how great and how big and how, how mighty he is. And then I want them, as they leave my group, to go on and in this life, in times, in, in lives that I will never see touched, 
I want them to be giants wherever they go. I want, my hope is that it's, as a feeble guy such as me who's just not on a mount too much, I want to speak to a group like this who are not youth, many of you, but you're adults and so young looking. <laughs> I want you, whenever I get to teach you or Mike gets to teach you, I want you to leave here and become giants of the faith where you are in your neighborhood, in your workplace. You don't understand the lives that we've got the opportunity to touch. You see, you know, the stature of a man is not based or measured by his, by, by, by his height. It's really based on the godly impact he or she makes to those around him or her. That's what the... the and I went, I went up for, to build giants in the faith. Lord, help me to be a giant in the faith. Um, anyone here want to do great things for God? Anybody? I got seven. That's pretty good. Okay, it's more than the last service. I didn't even ask them. That's right. Okay, um, um, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if he has transformed and changed your life, I don't know how you cannot want to do great things. That, 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 is, that is end all goal. God, I want to do great things for you. Not that makes me look good. I just want to honor you with everything that I do. That, that, that's the goal. And as we're going to look in the text today of what does it take to be someone who does great things for God? What, what, are, what are three things I think are, are key to do great things for God? We're going to start with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into this. Y'all ready? All right. Dear God, I thank you so much just for the chance to open your word today, to teach your truth today, for the, uh, the, 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 the honor and privilege I have uh, as a as a broken man to speak to broken pe- people as a Lord may I preach as a dying man speaking uh, that's preaching to dying pe- people Lord your your word is so true and so important that we we get it that we understand it that we live it uh, Lord we just ask for you to move we need you to move for it's in Jesus name I pray Amen Now we're going to start a, a, a little bit with some maps. I know, I know you're like, this is this a classroom? Sort of is, and I'm really the last person that would ever do a classroom type of, of le- lesson. But the text that we're in, you've got to understand on a map how this all works. Because if you don't understand how it works in, on the map, you're not going to understand the text of the Word of God. Sometimes you've got to study it to understand it. So this is some context here. So if you can put slide number two up. This is a map, part of the world, see Spain, Italy, Greece. The circle right there is where... Israel is. The book of Joshua, that's where everything takes place in that circle right there. And so the next map we jump to is going to be an enlargement of that spot. Do we understand? Yeah? Okay. So this is from Numbers chapter 13 when the 12 spies are sent by Moses into the promised land. The red line is sort of the route they went into the land and out of land. Not exact, not to scale. Okay, and, um, and so this is where the spies went in, and the ten of them came back and said, we can't take the land. The, it, there's giants in the land. If we go there, they're going to squash us. And two of the spies said, ah, we can take this land. Man, our God has already given us this land. Let's go take it. The crowd takes the, the, the advice of the ten and not the two, and because of that, for four, 40 years, they're lost. Okay, lost for 40 years. And there's consequence to sin. Understand that. For disobeying God, there is extreme consequence for disobeying God. Do not miss that. 
The next map, 40 years pass. Okay, the red dot, that's where they are now. Israelites have got to this point. They're about to cross over. Uh, if you see the, the, the Dead Sea, the Salt Sea, there's a little blue line straight up from that. That's the, the Jordan River. That's the, the river they're going to cross and then go take over the rest of the promised land. So they're about to go and take that over, okay? That's the context of where we, we're at. Do we understand? Good, good nods. Okay, we can turn that map off for everybody. Like, I just like to stare at maps. Yeah, okay, good, good. Um, now in the text, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, this is what's going on. Moses has died, okay? Moses, who has led them out of captivity in Egypt, has died. The one that has led them in so many ways, and when they've gotten off track, he's the one that has begged for their lives, and he has helped get them back on track. He, is, he, he has passed away, and his assistant is now going to be in charge. Who really knows about the assistant? Whoever cares about the assistant? We don't really ever know. But here's a point where the assistant is the one who is going to move up and take the place. Uh, and, and this is what God says to the assistant, Joshua. He says in verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So God says, you, Joshua, are my man, and you are who, through whom are going to lead my people into the, the promised land. And, and then he says, verses 6, 7, and 8, he says one phrase over and over that you've heard before. He says, be strong and have courage. Okay, hey, 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 be strong and have courage. Hey, don't forget, be strong and have courage. And hey, hey, don't forget, be strong and have courage. Look here in verse 9, uh, if you've got your, your, your Bible, it says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, so that's the, the background of what's going on there. God has, has called him out and said, you are, you are the one that no one is going to stand against. Lead my people into the, the promised land. Be strong and have courage. And most time when he's saying be strong and have courage, side note here, he's not talking about when he's going to face the armies. He's talking about when he's going in the day-to-day. -day, he says, when you walk the path, do not stray to the left, do not stray to the right, but follow me completely. So when it's, when it's hard and when the crowd says, hey, don't do it, be strong and have courage and follow me. So understand, it's not going gird him up to, hey, be strong and have courage and go take the land. He's going, be strong and have courage and follow me. Man, that's a fantastic truth right there. So let's jump in this text in, in 10. We know the background. God is just spoken to him, and this is what occurs. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Okay, don't miss this because it's too simple. This, this point is too simple. God tells him, take command and prepare to go over and take the land. And he actually takes command, tells him we're going to go take the land. Simple point is this. Jo jo Joshua does what God tells him to do. Side note, sometimes God speaks to us, and we really need to pray over what is going on. Many times God speaks to us, and we need to act. 
It's a clear truth. We understand this is what God, God is about. It's not, should I do this or not? Sometimes it's, a, yeah, I need, to, I need to speak my faith. I need to live my faith. I need to give and sacrifice in this way. I need to go serve in this way. Sometimes it is so clear we don't need advice. We, we don't need to take a lot of time to pray. We just need to, to act and, and serve. Point one, to do great things for God, to be a person of great faith, your actions must validate your belief. You can't say, yeah, I believe God. Yeah, I believe him. I follow him with all my life. But if your life doesn't reflect it, and if you don't follow him, no one is going to care. You will make an impact on nobody's life for the kingdom. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? It's dead. It's, our, our faith has got to have works. There's a story, and um, it's been preached probably a lot of times. You may have even heard this before, uh, and I don't know if it's historically true or not. I've tried to look it up, and I can't nail it down. It's like hitting, nailing jello on a wall if it's true or not, but that's not the point. I want you to, to hear the story. There, there, and the, the man in the story is true, and things about him are true. His name is, there's a man named Charles Blondine. In the 1840s through the 1860s, he was a trapeze artist. He would take uh, a high wire act and walk over Niagara Falls. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but it's, it's, it's a mammoth deluge of water and whatever, and rocks and death beneath. Until he would just, hey, let's do a, do a line over here and, and walk across. But he wouldn't just walk across it, he would walk across it on, on stilts. He's got to be on some sort of something to be doing something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Uh, uh, or he would do a wheelbarrow across it. Uh, he even once took a man on his back. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, and, and it even says that he would take a, a table and chair and set it. He'd walk out to the middle, set it out, have a pit, pit, picnic thing, and he would bring it all out, and he would have a napkin, and he would have a meal sitting on the high wire and then bring it everything back while the crowd's like, <gasps> see, see, see youth, you know, they didn't have YouTube. I mean, that was like the YouTube of the day right there. You're going to go, the crowd's going to go see if this guy's going to die or not. That's sort of a morbid deal. One day he was doing his act. He took a wheelbarrow with a, <coughs> a large sack of potatoes in it, walked, walked across it. The crowd cheers. He walked back across the crowd cheers again. And when he gets back to the crowd, he stands and takes the bag of potatoes out of the wheelbarrow and says, hey, does anybody here believe that I could put a man in this wheelbarrow and wheel across the wire and back? And the crowd cheered, yeah, yeah. And he said, do I have any volunteers? <laughs> At that point, the crowd was quiet, <laughs> like we would have been. Save one. One man piped up and said, I'll do it. His Hit, 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 hit. history seems to note that the man was the uh, man, manager who had known him for years and had booked all of his acts and had, uh, had complete trust in him. And he didn't do it that day, uh, but he did it a few weeks later. He actually wheeled that man across the wire and back. Who, who, who really had faith in the, the, this guy's abilities, the crowd or the man? That story can preach all day long all by itself. 
how, how, how many times do we live in our life, our Christian life, and, and we've got the choice to, to act, but we don't. But, 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 we, but I believe that God's bigger, but I know, I know that God's saying I need to go help with this need or give to this need, but uh, it's just sort of tight right now. I'm just better not do it. Our actions will always validate what we believe or what we, we don't believe, what we do or do not do. Uh, I've got here, do you believe um, helping or serving folks in their faith is important? I think, I think we could all say, yeah, I, I believe that. W- what are you doing to help or to serve? Well, I'm just busy right now. Busy will always win the day if we, 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 we give it a chair, right? It will always win the day. We can always be too busy. Always, all, uh, Awana is always in need of help. You want to greet or usher? You want to help work with youth? Come on now. It'll be fun. Uh, we also seem to believe that being generous or giving is a biblical thing. It's, it's taught, you know, uh, uh, what an act of faith tithing actually is to the community. It's us saying to God, hey, what I have isn't, isn't all mine. I, I know that it's yours and I'm trusting you. Uh, do you believe it's important to sacrifice for the kingdom? Do you? Now, some of y'all are going, we were laughing a little bit before, but you're not allowed to talk about this stuff. Sorry, I'll move on. Not sorry. Do you want to start? The question is, do you want to do great things for God? You've got to start being faithful in the everyday, mundane, nobody sees things that honor God. And when we start to do that, see what happens. So many times we, we, we live in this box the world says you're supposed to be in. God says there's so much more life. I've, he's, John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. And he's not talking about hev- heaven when you die. That's part of it. But he, 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 he talks about life to the full now. I don't know about you, but life is flying by. And I want to live it to the full as much as I can for his honor. Your actions... Point one will always validate your belief. Going into the next part in Joshua chapter one verse twelve, we're going to if y'all will follow along with me. It says this: and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, "Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land.'" Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. The land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Remember those maps we saw not too long ago? I want you to look at, the, at this map. Because this, 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 you've got to understand what's going on. Three tribes are going to settle in the pro- promised land east of the Jordan, which is this side. It would be the right side on the map of the Jordan. The 
and the, the, these aren't these squares aren't to scale on where exactly what tribe got what, but this is where they were. Reuben, Gad, and East Manasseh, these tribes, this is where they were going to settle, and this is where they were going to live. The Jordan River has not been crossed yet, and they've already got m most of this land. So he says, hey, for you three tribes that your land is taken care of, your women and children and livestock, they go and take over the land that God has given them. But you men that are able, you aren't resting at this point. We still have a whole lot of land to take over. Over and you will not rest and go back to your land until the rest of this map is taken for the rest of the tribes. You know, it's a. Um, has anyone ever read the read the book or or, or seen the movie The Three Mu Musketeers? Yeah, two people. Good. Uh, they have a they have a quote. They put their swords and the points together. And they say, "All for one and one for all." You know what the, that means? That means, hey, I am with you through everything, and you are with me through everything. I've got your back. You've got my back. What a picture this is. He's saying, hey, 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 we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop fighting until everything is taken care of. No, you know, men who can fight, no one rests until we all rest. That's a beautiful, I cannot escape when I think about what, what rest is, you know, when I was 16, I went to a youth camp, was invited to a youth camp. I wasn't a church kid. Uh, I knew about Christ but didn't know, know Christ. And uh, I was invited to this youth camp, uh, and what enticed me to go was there was a lot of high school girls that were going to be there co compared to guys. And when you stutter as a teenager, you need all the help that you can get. Uh, so uh, I, I, I went to that camp. Um, with, with one point in mind, and God radically changed my life the fourth night of camp as the gospel was shared to me. See, I, I heard, I'd heard the stories and heard things, but it never clicked that God created me with a plan and a, pur a pur 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 purpose. Stay away from that word. <laughs> that God had not only done that, but I had, was in rebellion against him because I sinned, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin, the price of sin, in Romans 6, 23, is death. And man, when they shared that, I knew, man, that's me. That's me. I am lost. I am sinful. I deserve death. There is, there, what hope is there for me? But then he says, but the, 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 but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, God's Son. And hope came into my life when they shared the gospel that Jesus had lived a life without sin, a perfect life, and he was placed on a cross. And when he was placed on this cross, he was placed on it, and he was perfect, sinless. And the sin of mankind was placed on him. And what was beautiful, Jesus and pure, became disgusting as sin was placed on him. And it says, you know where he says, he says the line, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The first time ever the Father and the Son have been separated because God cannot be around sin because he's pure, holy, and, per and perfect. And I, I heard that, that that night. And for me, as a 16-year-old, I can remember, I can remember this weight that I'd always had. And as I gave my life to Jesus, I said, Jesus, I will give you everything. I 
thank you for the gift of your son. And when I gave it, this weight came off of me like I can't explain. Some people, when I explain to them, they go, are you sure? I was like, yeah, you don't understand. And it's never been back. It's never been back. On that night, part of me found rest that I will never give up. But you know what I found in my life? There are many people I encounter that have never found rest. And this story, this all for one, um, you know, this, my, my point too is that if we want to do great things for God, the, bo- the body of Christ needs to, to take on the motto all for one and one for all. You see, there's a thing called uh, the Great Commission. And this is, this is what, what, uh, what that says. I'm so far ahead of my notes, I don't know where I am. Uh, uh, it says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the, 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 the Holy Spirit. You know, we're called to go. We're, we're, we're called to, you know, missions is, is something I love about our church because it's, it's, it's been a lot of the heartbeat of what we're trying to be about. The, uh, I believe in this room, and I'm not talking to youth, just youth. Understand that when I say this, but I think there might there there are young adults, uh, middle-aged adults that God is calling to full-time missions, for you to give a chunk of your life or the rest of your life going somewhere to share the gospel. I believe those people are in this room right now, all for one and one for all. I believe in this room there are people called to short-term missions that when we have a a chance to go work alongside a missionary in Mumbai or Honduras or wherever we go, that you are going to go partly to serve, partly just to walk alongside them, arm-in-arm with a missionary that's on the field and let them know, hey, you're not alone and we got your back, all for one and one for all. I believe there's some in this room who go, well, I don't know if, if that's what I'm called to do. I think there's some in this room that are called to, 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 to teach kids or youth about missions in the Awana program that we have. All for one and one for all. I think there are many in this room that are called to give. You may not can go, but you're called to give or to keep someone on the field to, to, to support, and not just the one time, but but in, and this is the great news of, about this. Just as he, he says, hey, hey, guys, you aren't going to go back to your, your homeland and rest until everything is take, take, taken. We don't have an option as believers to retire from this. No matter what age we are, we're because there's pe- people in this world we see, turn loose for a second, that need Jesus. And we need to be part of the, the motion the, 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 that, that will reach them. All for one and one for all. You know what I love else about this church? We've got, just to let you know sort of what we do, you're, if, if, if you give here, you're a part of this all for one and one for all. Eight cents of every dollar, okay? Eight cents of every dollar you go, that doesn't sound like much, but take eight cents out of every dollar given at this church uh, keeps... Two, two missionaries that we support and love that are from here, and this is their church, keeps them on the mission field in the Middle East. Eight cents, every dollar. 28 cents of every dollar that comes into this church goes to missions, making God's name great wherever we can, Nassau County and around the world. All for one and one for all. Everybody's an in- integral 
part of all this. You want to do great things for God? As the body of Christ, let your motto be all for one and one for all. Are you still with me? All right, two of you, good. Better than first service. Joshua chapter 1, verse 16, this is what it says. It says, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your word, whatever you command him shall be put to death. And then they, they quote God here in a beautiful, beautiful way. They say, only be strong and courageous. Quoting six, seven, verses 6, 7, and 9 there. You know, this is a, a beautiful picture because the Israelites aren't known to, to be a people that, that follow direction well. You know, God's people, in many ways, aren't really pe- people that are known to follow God's direction well, are we? That's not in my notes. Sorry, that was just a free one. Um, what's the beautiful thing? That, that people, first of all, have a fear of God, uh, a fear and respect of God. We, we see that in the text. But also we see something else. They, they don't go, well, let's vote and see if this is supposed to be the guy we're supposed to follow. They begin to follow him. They go, okay, and if you don't do what he commands, we'll kill you. We'll kill anybody that doesn't follow you. Man, we'd be a, we'd be a unified church if we, if we did that, wouldn't we? No, I'm kidding. That's not something we want to do. It's not really part of the application. Um, <clears throat> You know, my, um, the, my dad, 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 dad stories that I, I share, a lot of times I've been able to talk to folks that were in the stories besides my dad. And from everything I can tell, they're true. You know, some cool, cool things about my dad. When he, before I was born, he and my mom were living pay, pay, paycheck to paycheck like a lot, a lot of us do. I mean, they just didn't have enough, enough money to buy food. And he, he, he went to the bank to cash a check, got a check. And um, there was a woman there that was crying uh, right outside the bank who was pregnant, and she had two small kids and trying to find a place to to stay and and some food for them. My dad went in, he cashed the check, and he went out, and he just gave the woman all the money that he had, and he went home. My mom wasn't real pleased with him. Uh, But that's just sort of what he did. He saw a need and saw a need that was greater than his and said, okay, this is something I ought to take care of. He owned a dock building business, built docks on the St. John's River for about 25 years. And as a young boy, I remember being in the truck with him, six or seven, and these rich men, one of the men that owns gate gas stations, and he just built some of these big, big docks. One of these men, uh, they, they would come, come up to him. This, this occurred more than once, and they would come up, and uh, they, they would have sons that were wild and out of control, that sort of had been spoiled all their lives, and and they were throwing them out of the house, and my dad was their last-ditch effort. They would beg my dad, will you take, will, will you take my son on your work crew? Uh, because I've seen what you, you, you do with young men, and, and, uh, and, and help me with them. Because I can't. We, had, we had some of these young men grow up in, in my house. We didn't, they weren't adopted. They weren't fostered. It was just sort of what my, my dad did. And these punk boys who weren't worth anything would leave three years, years later or four as 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 young men, uh, they they'd earn earn that respectable men who honored their mother 
And Father, I didn't know the youth ministry gene was in way back there, my family. My dad was a little bit uncouth. We had a, a guy that was a drug drug dealer that came on our street. My dad had heard, gotten wind about it from a friend. This was the car he drove. This was the guy my dad knew. So my dad ran his truck into his car when he was parked on our street one day. He did. Uh, the good news is his bluff worked because the guy had drugs in the car. Dad offered to call the uh, cops and get everything straightened out. The guy was pretty upset uh, and used probably some choice words with him. And my dad just said, if if I ever see you on the street again, I'll, ta- I'll take you out. Because he thought um, not just my kids are important, but all the rest of the kids are important. You know, he, he, he did, did things throughout his life just to stand up for, for folks. It, it, it never occurred to him that you, if that's what is right to do, then that's what, that's what you should do. He was, he was friends with a lot of the, of the folks uh, in the 60s and 70s in uh, the black community in Mandarin. And uh, uh, friends so much that he had, he had a threat on him uh, that you need not associate with those, those types of folks. And uh, there was, uh, there was a, a, a hit put out on, on him because he didn't heed their advice. He, he kept on being friends with, with, with everybody. I, for four, four years of my life, from 8 to 12, I never rode in a car with my dad because of that hit. I didn't know what was going on. He never said anything. My mom knew about it. But it was, it was the right thing to do. Interesting thing, uh, my dad's 77 now, and for the past 20 years you know, or whatever, when he walks into a room in the part of town that he's in, everybody knows him. When they find out that he's my dad, you don't understand the, 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 the thankfulness they say about, about the choices that he made and how he's impacted their life. We've, there's great men that come just to get his advice still on things because of the testimony of the way he lived way back. You know, I ask myself when I look at this text, why did the people follow Joshua like that? In Exodus chapter 17, there's a story in the Bible where, and you've probably heard it if I explain it, when Moses, the, uh, the uh, Israelites are fighting the Amalekites, and when Moses is holding the rod up and his hands up, the Israelites are winning the battle. When his arms get tired and drop, they begin to lose the battle. Y'all heard that, that story? And so they actually get stones for him to sit on, and then two men get on his right and his left, and they hold his arms up because he's too tired. What a picture of all for one and one, and one for all, the body of Christ, how it's supposed to be. And um, the leader of the army of Israel in that battle is a young man, very unknown, named Joshua. Of the 12 spies, many of you know the story, 12 spies went into the land to check it out, Twelve came back. Ten said there's giants in the land. Two said there's not. It doesn't matter if there's giants in the land. Our God is bigger and we can take this. The, the, the two spies that have, have this faith go, man, our God is big enough. We need to, t- to take it. That's Caleb and jo- 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 Joshua. And um, he's the guy that was with Moses uh, at the base of Mount Sinai. He goes with, with Moses. He, 
Moses goes up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments to commune with God, to talk with God. Back at the camp, they, they, they think, well, Moses has been gone a long time. He must be dead, so let's just build a golden calf and, and worship that instead. They begin to do that. Joshua hears the noise, but he's not part of the elite, elite, leadership. He stays where he was told to be at the base camp until Moses comes back, and then they go back and they deal with the, um, the, with the sin of the, the people. Joshua. Joshua, I, I want you to see, is, is faithful fighting the army. He's faithful as the spy. He's faithful as the assistant. What is he? He's faithful. You know, the, the, the first point is your, your actions will validate what you believe, and it will. Second one is want to do great things for God. Live by the motto as the body of Christ, all for one and one for all. And the third one is, is this, if you want to do great things for God, your past and especially your present actions will define the future you. Who you are right now, what you do right now, will define who you're going to be later. You're not going to go, well, later, that's what I'm going to do. It's not going to work that way. You've got to decide now, I mean, if I want to do great things for God right now, I need to, to do to whatever things I can for God right now. It's a little thing. No one's going to notice. That's not what's important. What's important is you do let your life honor God. So right here and right now, you count. When you leave this church today and wherever you go and what you do, I want you to understand that it has everlasting effects on who you're going to be. Who are you going to choose to be? Me? Man, Lord, help me to be, do great things for you. Don't, I don't, my name doesn't have to be picked up. No one needs to know. But whatever I do, I want to do great things for you. So you want to do great things for God? Let your actions validate your beliefs. Live by the motto, all for one and one for all of this, this beautiful body of Christ. Man, it's such, a, it's such a crazy, crazy group if we bring us all together and you think about what we can do. And what's more amazing is what God can do through us as the body of Christ, even in spite of us as the body of Christ. And start living for Jesus now. Don't wait till tomorrow because your present actions will define the, fu the, fu the future you. The dis dis decisions you make right now count on your work ethic, on your honesty, on your compromise, on your giving, being a godly example to your kids. Can I tell you, parents, it is never, never too late to start being a godly example to your parents. Some, some of you, and I've seen some that they go, man, I just, it's too late. I, I, I messed them up. I didn't do it there. What's the point? The point is do it now. Because what God can do through faith, faithfulness is amazing. And, the, and, the, and the, the, the worst thing that you can do is give up. By far. I've, I've done this for 24 years with youth and parents. And I've seen the parents that give up. And I've seen the parents that 
have it. And some, they saw a change in two years. Some, they saw a change in five years. Some, it's been 15 years, and they've seen some crazy stuff that God can do. That's how big our God is. I want, I want to do big things and great things for God. I want you to want to do big things and great things for God. Let, let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. Just a chance just to talk about your, your truth today. And God, I just ask that you will uh, use this church, this body of Christ, to honor you, Lord. May we honor you in our homes, our workplaces, in our church, in our schools, and wherever we go. Even as we go out to eat today, Lord, may we honor you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask you to, to stand at this time. And if God's speaking to you, the altar is open. And uh, deal, deal with him. Don't leave here without you know, speaking and spending some time with God and speaking to somebody if you need to. Sing along with us, Pastor Nick.